Welcome back to the Highway to Well. If you're looking to fill your wellness bucket, well, Corey and Tyler are your guys. They are co-facilitators of the Real Talk Wellness Workshop Series. In this special episode, Tyler, Corey, and I will discuss where we think the field is today and how we can leverage those discussions into helping people thrive. We'll discuss the value in the workshop series they're providing, and we'll also dive into how to establish more significant wellness strategies, practices, and ideas into your work and life. Finally, we'll end it with a simple reminder from the Gear Daddies. Thank you again for listening. Let's get on the highway to well. Welcome back to the Highway to Well. Today, we're talking with Corey Huck and Tyler Stunnebeck, co-facilitators for the Real Talk Wellness Workshop provided by the National Wellness Institute. This workshop will be an exciting adventure into pathways to expanding wellness, creating new revenue streams, and reviewing kind of where we are in the field and trying to advance it into the future for individuals, work sites, organizations, and professionals to really dive in and learn a lot more about strategy and being better wellness professionals. And Corey and Tyler, I want to first ask you, now, Corey, I know you are you have the academic background. Tyler, you come from the broker community and you started your ideas and you put on some workshops and started combining your work together. But I want to ask you first, are you resolution guys? With this being the start of a new year, before we dive into the real content and the meat of what we're here to talk about, I want to know, what are your goals for this year? Do you have them? Are you a resolution kind of person or do you kind of let the process flow and let the magic happen? Oh, well, thanks for having us. Another, I'll tee you up. You can go first. <laughs> well, thank you again. Thanks, Derek, for having us. Um, you know, I, I find this uh, an interesting question to start because it's kind of a recap of, you know, where you and I were, was that early, early last year or even, you know, late 2019 when, when you allowed me to come on your podcast and chat. So I can give you an update. I'm a goal setter. I tend to stay away from resolutions. They don't hold themselves in place for me as much, but I, I was successful, but I also hit some barriers, uh, you know, due to the pandemic last year. So, um, you know, I set some lofty goals. Uh, do you want me really to get dig into them and, and let you know what I achieved and what I didn't or yeah, just absolutely. high level? No. All right. So my biggest goal, what I had focused on was um, 2020 miles biking in, in 2020 and understanding that the pandemic had a lot of horrible things that happened. This was an area that was a really like a, a bright shining star for me where I completely surpassed my goal and ended up biking 4,285 miles, both indoor and outdoor this past year. So uh, very happy about that. Enjoyed a lot of good time out of my bike. Um, I was on pace to do 150 push-ups and 150 sit-ups every single day until I cracked my ribs mountain biking. Um, so everything from October through the end of the year did not happen, but I can tell you I'm back on on that train and successful and added push-ups and I'm sorry, pull-ups this year. Um, running, I didn't hit my goal. Um, again, d dealing with some quad problems and I don't want to sound like a, a sob story, but I was, I was dealing with some, some leg issues that I had to get some external help with. Um, and it turned out to be a, a deficiency in, in my diet. So it was interesting to how that comes full circle when we think about 
holistic wellness. Um, from my financial wellness goal, I was my intention was to save every five dollar bill and ten dollar bill that came across um, my path. So I ended up netting eight hundred ninety five dollars in my sock drawer throughout the year, which was a, a nice little bonus at the end of the year. Uh, and then one of the big things that you and I talked about, Derek, was uh, my consumption of books. Right, like my goal was a book a week, and I didn't even come close to that. Uh, a lot of the consuming I do of books is is screen time or when I'm driving and just listening. So I, I didn't hit that. Um, I didn't set a goal book for this year, um, but I've I've kind of amplified my goals off of last year to see if I can do a little bit more. So uh, both positive and negative, but I think the learning experience is, um, you know, we're all going to hit barriers, right? And it's how do we go and uh, kind of go above and beyond that. So that was kind of a recap of my, my 2020 goals. So you're yeah. up, Corey. Oh. Yeah, that's ambition. That's ambition. <laughs> Well, I appreciate that, but I've, I've got to do something, you know, for that, that mental health aspect of, of just getting out and clearing my mind, you know, finding those little positive things in life that are going to continue to drive me on, kind of like the gear daddies. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> You've been doing your homework. I, you better believe it. I'll, I'll, I'll follow it up with, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big thinker. I like to reflect and, and I'm also a, a strategic planner. Um, and so you would think I'd be totally into resolutions, <laughs> but I'm, I'm not. Um, that doesn't mean I don't reflect on what I would like to improve and what I would like to change. So I'll, I'll share that. Um, you know, with the, the pandemic, you know, a lot changed in my, in my life. But prior to that, uh, I became a a caregiver. I became a parent. I have uh, now a 13-month-old, and uh, he was born right before the pandemic. And um, so, you know, my life was thrown upside down in every which direction. You know, I've been thrown through through the ringer like everybody else, but also trying to uh, adapt, adapt and and change and evolve. We we built a house, uh, working from home don't have a home office. Uh, you know, my, my wife is a sole proprietor. So it was like figuring out her schedule, trying to establish a schedule for myself and trying to be productive and a good parent. So balancing all obligations and doing it really well amidst the pandemic. So my plan for this year was to establish a, a better plan for separation of work and family time. And in doing so, I was really focused on my screen time. I was really focused on my social media use and very focused on um, separating when I'm working while I'm at home versus when I'm being exclusively dedicated to my son or my wife. So kind of hard to set up a resolution for that other than just being more focused on uh, work productivity and being more focused on my family rather than and establishing a plan for those. Uh, and it was really like time management and a schedule. So I guess that was my plan. And so far, it's working really well. It, it really involved the just cracking down on my wife's schedule versus my schedule and holding myself accountable to the schedule. I love flexibility. I love spontaneity. Uh, but I then had to be a little bit more held accountable to the schedule, which is tough. Uh, and it... it, it 
I, I'm making this sound like it, my life is not fun or enjoyable, and it, it still it still is. Actually, when I'm home with my son and I'm not focused on work, I'm enjoying that moment so much more. And when I'm focusing on work and work only, I'm enjoying my work even more, and I'm more productive. So, actually, it's made my life so much more enriched so far, and I'm only three weeks in uh, into this month. So, I'll, I'll shut up. That was a, that was a long talk and resolution, Derek. Must have been a good question. Uh, it, I like to, I like to learn about what, what people are thinking when you get, cause I think all of us, we hit a new year and this year was one of those, one of those times where the new year alone, the, the movement from 2020 to 2021 was this gravitational pull to something we were all kind of looking forward to. And then that got a little hairy for about a week there with a lot of the sociopolitical landscape but I think we were all really excited. And so um, for me, I've never, I've never been a, never been a resolution kind of person. I, not to say that I don't have, you know, Corey, like, like you mentioned, that, that doesn't mean that I don't have ideas about what I want to see over the next year. And how do I, how do I turn that into something that I can work under? And I think one of the things that COVID really hammered home for me was the idea of, presence and being intentional and if everything i do is based on those two values then i'm probably doing the right things and so there was you know being a parent and all three of us are and Corey, you're on the you're on the new side of it with the youngest and then for tyler and i wherever kids going in and out of the school systems over various parts of this year and trying to trying to weather the working at home with our with our wives and also managing to your point about schedules those are those have become so much more important because we're all around each other and we have to modify our lives to try to get the things needed not only for ourselves but for our families and so that for me was something that this whole year has been an experiment in and some days are better than others but my wife and I are constantly moving around the house because we don't have like a specific office area. So we change our office areas. We've kind of converted our son's room into one of our primary office areas and are rebuilding part of our downstairs area for another office area. So we're getting there. But I think, I think the, there, was, uh, there was something really in, in despite what I, I think you know, we have to anchor this into knowing that there was a lot of tragic things that happened this past year. But the silver lining of what was going on for us in our personal lives was a chance to step back and process and be still and be more present. Because we didn't really know what the future was going to hold. We couldn't plan too far ahead. And we needed to really take care of ourselves in the moment, most importantly, because of all the things going on around us that impacted not only our lives, but how we felt about the world too. So I found myself, I found myself not with a plan also, Tyler, you, to something that you were, you talked about, but I found myself reading a lot more as the year went on. So kind of like, kind of like ramped up for COVID life early and that, you know, have my head on a swivel trying to take care of everything then eventually got into a really um inquisitive time of over the past couple of months reading some incredible books that have really helped me 
take a step back and rethink some of the wellness strategies even that that I adhere to, want to see, want to grow and help flourish. So I think my my next question to you guys is so not necessarily specific to your resolutions and your goals and your and your ideas about the future, but where where do you think we are currently in in our state of wellness? And what how, what do you think about the field as it as it is today? I'll let you guys jockey for whoever gets to that first. I, I think we speak from different perspectives, right? Like my lens of wellness is very much worksite wellness related. Um, and I think we're in this, this pivotal position right now to, to change what wellness is, right? Like I've talked about this in the past where I think we've done a disservice to ourselves at, at certain times of, of providing a portion of a program as just the overall program. If that makes sense, like that's a the kind of the box of wellness when it's really not where, you know, you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier um, due to the pandemic, uh, we've we've had this new lens on, you know, what's important. And I think it's helped us like destigmatize some of the, the mental um, the mental health and the uh, the focus and shift to, to mindfulness and whatever that might be to to be present and understand you know, what that balance is for work life and what is most important to you in this time. So from a wellness perspective, I think it's almost given us this opportunity to take a step back and focus on what's the most important, whether that's for your employees, your employers, you name it, like even just generalized citizens of America, what is, what is well-being? What does it mean to them? And then how can we, how can we uplift or, you know, I always utilize the word like amplify that section of their life so that there is this positivity versus all the negativity that's, you know, kind of pushed to the forefront of our, our, our news media or whatever you're, you're engaging in. Um, so I just think it's this, if I was to put it on, it's a pivotal moment in wellness where we have the opportunity to change for the better. Corey, do you want to add from your perspective, whether that's from, you know, just your experience with work or just even in general, what you're seeing? Yeah, I, I will agree with you that we're at a critical juncture. We are at a very, very important point. And I think it really needs to be leveraged. You know, COVID and the pandemic shook everything up. And suddenly people are seeing things through new, fresh perspectives, through new light they're, they're reflecting. There's all kinds of data saying that people have been self-reflecting more now than ever. I mean, look at the three of us. I'll just, our, the examples of our lives. And um, with this critical juncture comes major opportunities, but they need to be leveraged. We need, you know, appropriate education. We need awareness. And then comes the practicality. We need practical strategies, practical solutions. And um, there are pockets of awesome, just phenomenal work happening all across the nation, all across the world. But we need to be connected with that work. And those lessons need to be shared. And these pockets of innovation need to be busted wide open. And um, sometimes that's tough because what I'm, I'm digging into the research about American time use and social media use and digital use. And what I'm realizing is we are investing a ton of our daily time on digital media use. Like Derek said, it's tough for us to be present. 
There is so much information. There's information coming from every direction. We're bombarded by emails. I think the average is like 110 emails a day sent and received. It's really, really tough to break through in wellness in today's society. So COVID shook things up. There's pockets of really good things happening. Now's the time to act. And and I'll let Derek set up the segue to when we're going to talk about workshops. But those are those are the big reasons why we're compelled, Tyler and I, to to launch a workshop series. Um, so I'll hit the pause button. Derek, you always have such good insight to share. I'm sure you want to share some before we move on. Oh, I'm 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 taking massive copious notes here, but I think there's a couple of things on this side. This will get us into the workshop series, but I want I want to take a second because I I think that we've what we've done under this lens of re-examining our field and with COVID accelerating a lot of uh, or have energized some parts of our field that have been talked about for a while, but it just made it so obvious that we need to really review what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I also think that above all else, and I think this has been one of those debates that has been threaded through the field since its inception is where where does wellness really stand in the political and socioeconomic structure of everything? And so we, we kind of weave in and out of that when we start talking about social determinants of health and and research based things that are kind of you know that are part of the wellness field, but are also really tied to public health. You know, and now so taking a step back and just reexamining the year that we've been through, it's clear that we cannot not let wellness be part of the socio-political structure and everything. So whether that's our our ability to um, understand and under and and deal with social media as a concept but also a tool for making things better. And how do we get the best information via social media is such a critical element. But we also see that that the mental and, and social emotional health of people isn't something that's apolitical. It's absolutely part of our political process. And and our value systems are built and kind of woven into those fabrics. And, and I think that's what made this past year and um, this election in, in our country and the momentum and the positive feelings. And we saw that on our, you know, on inauguration day, it was one of the, it was by far, and I've been a political geek since, since Jimmy Carter lost his election to Ronald Reagan when I was a little kid and understood what was happening. So, and I think this inauguration, it wasn't just the change in the politics and the people that are in government, but it was the change in how we view the world. And it was something that is deeply rooted in how we see our field. And when we start talking about wellness, we're talking about respect and integrity and in allowing people to have their voice and be recognized and be heard and be empowered and be resilient. And all those things are part of those processes. So I think COVID has allowed us to talk about wellness back to all your, both your points is to leverage it for the better things that we need to be talking about. And I go back to something that I've heard multiple times in, in the last, in, in Sarah Martin, the 
the um, executive director at Well Cole and I, we talked about this um, when I had a podcast with her a few months ago about we need to really think about that concept of do no harm first as part of our wellness strategies and make sure our programs are uplifting and helping people live better lives and that we're not harming or injuring or causing problems with our programs, which I think Tyler gets to your point about we've only been doing parts. And I think that's we and I think it's safe to say we all know this that we're we're usually our worst marketers because we have bad programs. We have a scrap heap of really good ideas with well intentions, but just poorly executed programs. And then we have to deal with that narrative and try to change that so that people accept wellness as something that's uplifting, positive, and helpful and beneficial to their overall life. And and I think COVID opened up some gaps for us and it allowed us to have some more conversations about how do we leverage that? How do we tie more into social and emotional well-being? How do we make wellness bigger than your ROI on your return on blood pressure screenings? Because that's not really what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is help people live better lives. And so, and you two have built a whole framework around this and helping professionals dig in and be better at what we do. And one thing that I, I really applaud and I think this is something I've seen echo is that when when our wellness story gets written, it's really a story of communion and it's really a story of togetherness and connectedness and that we're sharing all the things that we feel and know with others that we all work together to make it better. And so as a as an anchor to your Real Talk Wellness workshop series, you have you have four workshops coming up and I want to give you a chance to talk about that now and I want you to talk about I know you have some really wonderful ideas about or some themes for your program so I want to hear a little bit about what these are and, and let us get a glimpse of what that might be from your your first session is a social dilemma then you have dude where's my wellness then you have wellness fusion and then you end it with your secret sauce for selling wellness and and so I want you to talk to us about how those were developed. And then I also want, I want to know how come you didn't consider some other names of sessions like rock of wellness, talk wellness to me. You give wellness a bad name. You've lost that wellness feeling. Loving wellness was easier than anything I'll ever do again, or the best purple wellness. So I want you to, I'm Share kidding. those with me via email so we can keep those for for later <laughs> sessions. That is, you know, that is, you know where that list is from, Derek. That was the list. That was your list. You were trying to determine what's the title of this podcast series. I was going to say the same thing. I was testing that, it out, so I wanted to see which one you which one you guys like better. So then I'll know which one to use. I mean, they all. I'm a little partial to some Willie Nelson, but I'm willing to take a flyer on some Bon Jovi or Poison or Def Leppard if I have to. <laughs> I would go. I would go Willie, Def Leppard, and then maybe Jovi. What about That's my personal opinions? What about Prince? That? Prince Purple Wellness. Prince, Prince goes up the list for sure. His ability just to shred the guitar is like no other. Yeah, but that's besides the point. I'm gonna I'm gonna let Corey take this one because um, he's the mastermind. Yeah, let's talk about go. how this. Yeah, how this developed and and what. What are we, what are you wanting to achieve with these workshops? Well, you nailed it, which is the, you know, the, the connection and the collaboration. And, um, 
you know, Tyler and I, we bring different things to the table and, you know, we can share a little bit about, you know, why we're working together through the workshop series rather than either one of us doing it independently. But the, the big thing for us is, you know, this is a, it's, it's a virtual world. You know, we, we've, we've uh, facilitated a face-to-face workshop. We actually did it uh, here in the state of Wisconsin. Uh, first, we had plans to launch another one in Madison and then, and then work with the National Wellness Institute or other organizations, professional development organizations, to offer some retreat-like uh, workshops around the, the nation. But uh, due to COVID, um, kind of put a wrinkle in a lot of those plans. And Tyler and I had this uh, discussion, should we continue on with virtual workshops, knowing that people are experiencing burnout, getting a little tired of the virtual engagements, or um, just kind of wait it out and wait until the pandemic's over. But ultimately, we have, we have a lot of information and a lot of lessons learned, and we wanted to, we wanted to get rolling with a virtual option. So, we had a discussion about should we do more of a wellness happy hour and do it after hours, after work hours, and bring people together for that connection and collaboration, sprinkle in a lot of fun. And um, and we did some research. We found an article written by, I apologize, I don't remember the author, but it was through the, the Harvard Business Review. And it was um, basically saying, that the, hap- the virtual happy hours are on the decline and people are just burned out of virtual stuff, period. Um, and then we had a discussion with, with uh, the National Wellness Institute with, with leadership and um, they had some discussions with their board of directors and they said, yeah, let's, let's continue to offer some virtual professional development. Uh, professionals still need professional development. I think you guys are the right guys for the job because you can integrate the personal wellness with the professional wellness and uh, allow people to have some fun and, and continue to build those CECs. So that was kind of the, the background. Um, and what we've noticed is with webinars and recorded lectures, it's very, it, it's, it's just unidirectional. It's just information, just content overload, just flooding toward you. And there wasn't as much engagement. There really wasn't much enjoyment. And it's really adding and exacerbating the the burned out issue, the stressed issue. So we wanted to to build a, a workshop series where we can be very intentional about the amount of content. So we can be aware of how much stress people have and how burned out they are. And then we're also going to have some fun. So we have some interesting things planned, like there's a pre-workshop survey. We're asking people to use fun virtual backgrounds um, and then have intentional pauses, opportunities to reflect. We're giving them a worksheet so they can have organized outline or template for notes. And then there's breakout sessions. There's opportunities to discuss, to share resources. We're going to use the chat function. We're going to use polling function on Zoom. And then we're going to share all this information back the very next day. So the goal is to to build your plan during the workshop. So often busy professionals are so challenged to, to take content they receive in a workshop and do something with it. 
it's like you almost have to put another block on your schedule following a webinar just to like interpret the information, synthesize it and utilize it in a practical way. And we all know that when we're busy and new fires to put out every single day, that gets put on the back burner and gets put on the back burner day after day, week after week, suddenly it's collecting dust somewhere in our computer and we don't even know where to find it anymore. So that's why in this workshop, we're gonna have it be really practical. We're gonna, we're gonna have time for reflection. We're gonna have time to take notes, to build out a plan, to build in your strategies, to share strategies, to network, to collaborate. And, and like you said, Derek, we wanna move through um, enhancing the field of wellness together. So that's kind of a long-winded description of what we hope to accomplish with these workshops. And, and I'll let Tyler dive into more. And I would love to talk about the names too. I mean, right? Communication and, and promotion and marketing is all about the names, the messaging, the titles, so important. So I'll, I'll pause there. Tyler, what do you want to add? I'm not sure I really forgot anything. Um, I guess the only thing I would mirror together is what Derek said earlier to with what we're trying to achieve and it's building that community, right? And supporting each other to uplift and, you know, use best, best practices that we can share and make sure that it's actionable because I am that stereotypical person, go to a conference, learn all the information, and then it goes to the back of my mind because I'm just thrown right back into my work schedule. And I haven't taken those steps to deliver like my strategy for that next step. So I think that's super important for us is just making sure that people have tangible items to take away from each of our workshops. Um, I don't know. I, I love the names that we came up with. I was going to ask you that question. Like, how'd you come up with the name Highway to Well for your podcast? Because I'm always curious how like creative people come up with these names and then who's the ultimate decision maker on, on those names? Because Corey and I had, I don't know, a full page pages of just different names, whether it was the, the Real Talk Wellness series or the different um, names for kind of what we wanted to throw out. And we went through this full process of, you know, soliciting feedback from a variety of people. And these are the ones that continue to race to the top of, I like this, I like this, I like this. Um, so we utilize that support, but I'd be curious to hear from you, Derek, on the evolution of the name or if that list that you rattled off earlier is truly the list that you had and it was like, okay, what, which one am I going to pick? Yeah, well, so actually, a few years ago, I was asked by a newspaper to start writing a wellness blog. And I, so I'm like, sure, I, I love writing. And I love being creative. That is essential to my, my well being and my values. That is one of my core of what I what I have. When I think about wellness, I think about it in four actions, create, contribute, connect, and care. And so for me, that was something that kind of covered all of those. So I'm talking about wellness, I'm connecting with people, I'm contributing something to the field, maybe, <laughs> or just to something. And but I'm, I'm allowing myself to be creative. So but I but I did have one request. I said, I, I will absolutely write a blog for you. But I'm not going to write about how much fiber someone should eat. And I'm not going to write about how much exercise someone can get someone should have. I'm not going to write about CDC recommendations, nor NAI in National Institute of Health, or any other governmental agency telling us what to do. 
and I'm not going to write about public health. If you want me to write about wellness, I have an idea, but you got to let me write. <laughs> and fortunately, the editor of the newspaper is like, that sounds awesome. Go ahead. So I wrote my first blog entry about Prince's Purple Rain. And about in the middle of, so in the movie, when he's playing the song towards the end, there's a guitar solo. And in the middle of that guitar solo, well, you're watching one of the most phenomenal guitar solos ever, one of the most interesting artists ever that crossed over all socioeconomic groups and managed to be a contrast of every kind of music style. Everyone liked Prince. And, and then you pan to the audience at First Ave there, and it's a collection of, of all of us. There were, it was gender diverse. It was, um, it was sexual preference likely diverse. I mean, there were, I think there were at least a couple of people that were dressed in different kinds of, of ambiguous uh, clothing for what was popular during the, during the late eighties. And so you start, and you start seeing that too, it's a mix of races. And I thought, if if we just if we're going to get anywhere as a country, we should probably spend more time watching for the cues and and something like Prince's Purple Rain than arguing about how much dietary fiber we should have or other things that we find ourselves talking about in the wellness field. And then, obviously, because I love culture and I'm been influenced by pop culture, and I wanted to thread that into everything. I needed a title that said, "Okay, you're about to." You're about to hear something or read something that is wellness, but it's it's a little bigger than that and how we weave wellness into the fabric of our everyday life. And for me, that that title just kind of like came up. I'm not the biggest ACDC fan, but I'm the I will absolutely stand up for hair, hair metal to anyone who wants to argue about it. But I just thought that was that was a phrase that combined my whole value system into one title and it might be cheesy but i like it so i i think titles are totally important so i want you guys to talk about your four sessions and and also throw in what is the value proposition for those sessions like what are what would be something that people could expect to get out of those yeah i just Derek, before we jump into that, I'd just like to touch on something you mentioned. Um, and you're often talking about your your value system. And, um, you know, I, I just want to, I got to admit, I haven't listened to every one of your podcasts. All right. <laughs> so I don't know how many you have now. How many you're up to? We're, we're in the 30s now. Wow. I, I, and I did another series during COVID of about 15 others. So there's, uh, we're starting to get, I'm starting to hit get closer to 50 total productions here. Okay. Well, I, I have uh, a new resolution for this year then is to, to listen to every one of them. <laughs> and, <would> be... <laughs> and, you know, honestly, if I were to travel more, I'd probably be listening to more of them, but we've been so home-based. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say is when you, when you dive into health promotion, which, which one of the key th effective tools in promoting health that doesn't make many books that I'm aware of is the impact of personal branding and likability and being authentic. It, it's amazing. It, that is like business 101, but somehow it's not health promotion 101. Exactly. It, it, yeah. And it could be because you just listed that like you putting your value system into the title and being conscious of that 
and how that could help not only enhance your brand, but also speak to more individuals and promote your podcast. That's what needs to be infused into wellness and, and health promotion. And that's why we were so careful with our titles. We actually, Tyler and I, when we first started meeting, we talked about our brand. Let's recognize our personal brand and then think about what do we want to be as a partnership brand? What are our values? Uh, what do we really want people to take out of our workshops? And, and that really helped us because then it's like, okay, how can that brand permeate in everything we do? How can that influence our titles? How can that influence our content, our goals, our learning outcomes? You know, all of those aspects are, are so important. So I'll just, sorry to kind of backtrack a little bit, but it's just interesting that some of the things that prompted your mindset or decision-making on your title were also things that entered into our our mindset and our internal decision-making. And, and, and let's just be honest, like they got to be catchy, cool titles these days in wellness or people aren't engaged, right? Because it's coming, people are coming from so many different angles and there's so many organizations and so many workshops. There's so much noise. It's like, how do you break through the noise? And, um, and we wanted our workshop to be real. Let's just, let's just cut down to the real data. We don't, we, in life, we don't have time to talk about theoreticals and maybe what could be and maybe what should be. It's no, let's, let's have those tough conversations. Let's get real with each other, with ourselves first. What do we really want? What do we value? What do we really want to do? Who are our people? What do our people really want? By our people, you know what I mean? Like our employees, my target audience. What are their needs? What are their desires? How do they prefer to be communicated? Do we have a really solid needs assessment? Do we really know our people? Do I have trust with my people? Do I have solid relationships? They're like, what, what community do I live in? Do I work in? Let's, let's get real. So that was kind of our overall workshop series title. And that was our thinking for that. And then we looked at really what we wanted to, what kind of content we wanted to bring based on our experience in the field. And we have different experience. I'm, I'm more involved in education and, and working more in supporting community health and the educational sector, school districts, college students, professionals, uh, you know, coming back to school. And Tyler's more involved in works at wellness. And so he brings different experience. So we're, we started talking about some of the same things that we were noticing. And and then we started to dig more into the literature and more into the research in American time use. We started having breakthroughs. We're like, whoa, this stuff is valuable. We need to share this. Has this been shared yet? And we couldn't find where the information we were looking to share was shared widely across the wellness world. Little pockets here and there, um, but not in the, the very practical way that we were planning to share it. So, um, I, I didn't dive into each specific workshop title yet. Um, kind of teeing it up for you, Tyler. If you want to roll with it, if not, I'm I'm in. I'll just well, keep. I, I'll I just keep want going. to add to that the initial title of the Real Talk Wellness because I, and this is not a point of finger that anybody within the wellness industry whatsoever. Because I want to be cognizant of the great work that's out there. But I've 
I've just found in my own personal work and even life that in the Midwest, we have a hard time, um, you know, being real, right? It's almost that East Coast mentality. They're going to tell you where you where you stand, right? And I want to be able to come to the table, understand the challenges and barriers that people have, but be real and have a real conversation about, here's from my experience, what is going to work and how we can work with you to build on that versus, you know, talking about platitudes and, and you know, um, you know, that kumbaya feeling, we can have some of that, absolutely. But we also need to get to the root of what the issues are. And I think that leads, you know, right into our first uh, workshop series, The Social Dilemma. Um, and, you know, you asked for like, what's the value prop? It's, it's ultimately, how are we competing um, for engagement in a virtual world, right? And think about that. And from a wellness standpoint, we talk about all the time in the day and when you're going to do something. Well, what's driving you away from it? What are the barriers? And, you know, we hear people, well, my work, my kids, you know, I got to do X, Y, and Z. But not once have I ever heard like social media or virtual like TV, whatever that's really kind of pulling my time away from me, like uh, associating my time with something different, right? Like everybody has 24 hours in the day and it's up to you. You need to look in the mirror and you need to figure out how you're going to allocate that time appropriately to take care of whatever you need to get done. So um, when we started talking about that, Corey was like, hey, you need to watch this movie and we need to talk about it. And it was like, I was aware of some of the statistics and what was happening, but not to the depth and the, the degree that it goes into and how like, without giving away too much, like how specific they get and how like how crazy amount of information that they have and how they can utilize that to continually engage us. Um, so we're going to get deeper into that and I don't want to spoil it, but I would, um, you know, open this up to Corey because he's going to be the, the main leader on this workshop because um, he's done a lot of great work on it. So if you have things to add um, to the social dilemma portion, uh, chime in now. No, I, I think you you teed it up perfectly, Tyler, and and that's critical. I mean, when we we ask people, so wellness is where rubber meets the road, right? That's where we tend to struggle. It's like we we know we want to help caregivers, we know we want to help people thrive and improve their mental well being, you know, right on down the list. But it's where rubber meets the road that's the challenge, and. I mean, so there's, there's environment, there's, you know, the social determinants of health, there's policies, there's procedures, and then there's also decisions that people make every day. And that's wellness. It's taking control of those decisions. Now, some people have lost a little bit of control on the autonomy of the decisions they make. Wellness starts with awareness, right? Awareness strategies. So that's what this, this workshop will really be about is general awareness of society and social media use and digital media and digging in a little bit deeper and then also just personal, personal meet social media use and digital use and, and do your priorities and your values align with your time use where rubber meets the road, your actions. Are you acting in alignment with your values and your priorities or did you kind of start doing something? It's become a habit and you've kind of lost control and you're not quite sure what else you could be or should be doing. And what's interesting is we have data from before the pandemic and I've been searching really, really hard to find the data from the last year 
and how things have maybe changed with the pandemic. And there's some really cool insights I'll share in the workshop. A uh, little sneak peek is, you know, I, I shared people are reflecting more, people are appreciating nature more, some are exercising more, some are cooking more and doing more healthy cooking. The list goes on and on. And we'll be sharing quite a bit of that in the workshop. But, but also, again, in the workshop, it's about personal wellness. So we're going to get you to reflect, you know, gain that awareness and then reflect. Where are you at? How much time do you use? Does that align with your goals and your priorities? Now, we're not going to come at this from a hate mongering standpoint. Like we don't hate social media. We don't hate digital media use. It's really about being mindful of how you're using it, why you're using it, how often you're using it, and then the impact that has on your life and others around you, right? And the same thing is true for your employees or your target audience, whatever that might be. Yeah, I, th I think the social dilemma, that session alone, I mean, there's, there's a wealth, like you're pointing to, about digital use. And, but we're also learning more about the reckless nature of, of the social media world and how easily it can create content bubbles of things that are not necessarily true or influence people in certain ways. And I, I've I've read two books over the past year that have just blown my mind, Zucked and um, The Revolt of the Public. And both of those point to exactly the influence of social media. And I think us as wellness professionals, it's, it, it's due diligence for us to spend time talking about it. Because it isn't just what are you seeing on Instagram? It is the influence of all of it and how algorithms are working and how do we understand how we're, we're in a way as people were targets of marketing for social media, you know, conglomerates or empires. And how do we cut through that to try to get to what's real and what is what's effective for me and how do I want to manage that? So I, I really applaud, you know, you starting there um, to, for your sessions and, and then get into your second, your, so your second one's dude, where my well, where's my wellness. So I love the pun want to know more what's my value proposition there yeah well go um, ahead tyler so i i thought this was a, a clever name and i think it really speaks to us wanting to have fun but also making sure that we're still being professional right so when i think about that um it comes to me from a variety of different angles but the first thing that i think about from my own experience right is is how do you how do you work with a variety of different populations and we have um, you know, it, it, we build it as strategic planning for non-traditional audiences, right? So non-traditional in my, in my mind can get deep into those social deter determinants that you mentioned earlier. Um, but also like I'm, I'm, I'm big into cultural wellness. Like I'm having, um, I guess Spanish is one of my majors in college that opened my mind and up to opportunities and, and having like been fortunate to travel to different areas and see different cultures and then working with different clients who have, you know, Hispanic, Hmong, Mandarin populations, um, even Indian populations, like what does, what does wellness mean to them? And how do, we, how do we start to think about how they consume wellness? Even if you wanted to get into the healthcare side of things, like how do they utilize that? Like there's certain things that are just not applicable to certain populations due to those religious beliefs. So for me, it's, it's being cognizant of, of all those different 
uh, variables. And then how do I have that conversation with somebody? How do we help them build out what that is? But that's understanding your demographics and Again, the, the cultures behind it, utilizing those people within your populations to help drive those programs. And for me, this session is going to be fun to, to kind of dig into that because I personally, you know, to Corey's point earlier, we, we took a conscious effort of what are we not seeing out there? And then how do we, we start to talk about that? I don't see a lot of conversations around cultural wellness. And if there's, they're out there and I'm missing them by all means, send them to me because I'm super interested in it and I want to learn more and I want to continue to expand that experience so that I can have a much stronger value prop when I come talk to, to different clients or even just people in general if, if it's somebody just on the street that I'm going to have a conversation with. Yeah, I, I think that is... I, I love that you're going in that direction in this in your second session. And I think it is so critical because wellness for a long time has been, you know, to some degree, I don't want to say it's been marginalized, but it's, it doesn't, uh, we haven't expanded in our diversity and multicultural strategies, thoughts, and, mm -hmm. and inclusivity in the ways we should have it's is a very white dominated field for a long time and it also sometimes gets the stain of being a rich person's occupancy of their of their mind because you get like the Gwyneth Paltrow's of the world that are selling products under the name of wellness products and and then it it makes a, a harder conversation for us to have at the you know for gener what we really understand and feel. And again, going back to our political, socio-political climate this year, above all else, I hope we've seen how important it is for wellness to be entrenched into, into every one of us, regardless of our ethnicity and you know race and gender and, and belief systems, that it's, it's a critical step for us to live a healthy life. And we need to do a better job of reaching out to all communities to help provide programs and services to them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I just want to add, I mean, the two of you nailed it. We're, we're also going to share data. You said we're predominantly the wellness facilitators, the wellness leaders are predominantly white, um, predominantly coming from higher education levels, higher income levels. And, and I, I just want to add, we also have data to share on the gender um, and how, and, and we're, we're not going to, you know, there's no biases here. We're just showing the real data and we're going to share it. And then together we're going to strategic plan, strategically plan about what this means and what impact this may have. And more importantly, what strategies we can develop, right? Where rubber meets the road. What have some people done? You know, what are other people planning to do? So with this information, what can we build? What can we co-construct? How can we better reach those target audiences, those cultures, uh, persons with diverse backgrounds that historically have kind of been left out or we haven't fully realized where they're coming from and their living situation and their life factors because we haven't evaluated them or we haven't asked them or we just haven't considered them. It hasn't even been part of our mindset, hasn't even been part of our education. We haven't read it in books. We haven't developed it yet. So that's why we really want to dig into this. And we believe it's at the, this workshop focus area is at the forefront of 
reforming wellness in some way. I'm curious, um, based off the research that Corey and I have done and the data that we found, uh, what when you think about you know almost 50 podcasts that you've done you know in the past few years whatever it might be what is the breakdown of of male versus female within those podcasts and then you know to the point of the cultural is there any just like cultural um variances in those people that have participated in podcasts yeah it's it's about 50 50 male to female and i've been i have been intentional in that to make sure to bring female voices up to the forefront the race race is is a challenge in our field and i think we have to recognize that and we need to bring voices and and bring cultural diversity in i think that's our that that's our job is to expand and tear down those walls and and make the connection between a lot of work that people are doing i i had i've had a lot of really good conversations with people i, I hope eventually a couple of these do turn into podcasts about people who are doing work in, in social and community settings around the country and in LA and trying to provide the basic human resources to people. And we need to look at that as a wellness problem, not just a public health problem, but that's part of our wellness agenda is to make sure that we, we include these. And it goes back to my point at the very beginning about not being apolitical about what we're doing. We, we are very intentional and political about the things that we want to see as part of how do we, you know, how do we make sure that everyone has housing that is that keeps them safe? How many people have food and food security issues? And then what are we, how do we handle issues with um, a, a lot of, a lot of issues we see with um, police in our country, the discussion around the resources allocated to police, could those be changed to be more community focused, social service focused? And that expands that wellness message even further, because that to me, that's, that's really what wellness is about. It's, it's expanding our resources to help people live better lives. And when we do that, we have to intentionally be broader. We have to paint with bigger brushes and we have to open up our field to areas that we kind of maybe didn't include in our discussions because of our own training backgrounds or, or just those discussion points that we've had. But I think that's really our job is to grow it in that capacity. So with that, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's jump into the, the these last two as we as we get near wrapping up our our podcast here. But we have wellness fusion and the secret sauce, and and so we've already, I mean, the first two sessions are already packed full of important issues that we should be discussing. So. What in the last two are we trying to get people to to accomplish as they work through your workshop series I'll, here? I'll take uh, this one, Corey, and then I'll let you like close us off with this, the secret sauce, all right? Um, so the wellness fusion really is what we're talking about, right? It, it's, it's consolidating everything that we know into one nice package. Um, and it's for me, it's really about building the employee experience by integrating all that well-being. Um, you know, regardless of all the resources that they have at their disposal and what they're planning on doing, um, I found better success with organizations on talking about the employee experience within an organization and encompassing wellness and all the other things that are available to them to kind of build um, that experience. So for, for part of me is all about, you know, retaining those high level employees, right? We talk about the social dilemma and the engagement but that also means presenteeism too. Like, what are you doing while you're at work, right? And it's making sure that 
um, you know, those people have the things that they need to your point about um, just covering those bases right out of the gates. So for me, it's uplifting what an employer has and, and utilizing everything that you've got at your disposal to make sure that you're, you're building this, uh, you know, holistic approach to wellness and well-being. Um, and it's just part of the fabric. And I would say, again, culture of the organization. That's like when you walk in the doors, you know that wellness is going to be part of your experience. See, you can tell Tyler's from Worksite <laughs> Wellness uh, background. I, I think just to add to that, it's it's focusing on systems, right? Taking that systems-based approach. So if you're if you're thinking schools and school districts, it's you know, how can you influence the well-being of youth today and how can you build systems in in, in families and social support networks with teachers, how do you, how does maybe physical education be reformed? It's, it's so many things, right? And it, we, we can't cover them all. So each of our participants will think about their target audience and the topics we've covered and think about how to take a systems-based approach for rubber to meet the road. So rather than it being an additional strategy or another thing that they'll have to sell to their decision maker or their leader, it's now being woven into the fabric of what they do, right? So Tyler was talking about Worksite Wellness. It's how can you weave well-being strategies into management training, leadership training, um, HR communications, you know, culture, values, all of those things. So it's, it's kind of integrating things we'll be covering in the other workshops. And then finally, the secret sauce for selling, I, we're going to be combining all that information that you've learned in the previous three workshops into strategies for promoting and or selling. And some content will be new, actually quite a bit, but uh, we're going to be talking about lessons learned in the first three workshops and then how to take that information, bundle it, and lean into it and establish some good messaging. And, and, um, and, it, and it really comes down to understanding what influences people's behaviors. Uh, what are the motivators? What are the drivers? Um, and then what's occupying people's time? So, you know, kind of combining all that information together and, and helping you sell. And by sell, you know, people think sales and it could turn them off. We're talking promote, you know, health promotion, high level. We, we have the word sell in quotations, right? So we're, we're not going to dive deeply into search engine optimization. Um, so if folks are looking for that, they're, they're not really going to find it in our workshop, uh, but more the generalized uh, strategies for, for promoting what they've learned in these workshops. But definitely you know, providing some innovation there. And the wellness fusion, I think, you know, if you're getting the idea of what it is, if you're infusing it into systems, then you really don't need to sell it that much. And that's critical, right? You might need to sell the systems-based approach to the decision makers, but you don't need a lot of money and investment to sell additional on-the-side types of strategies if it's woven into the fabric of the organization. So that's how they're all connected. And we love for people to sign up for the whole series to get the most out of each workshop if they're involved in the whole series. And that allows us to build a little bit more of a community and a little bit more connection between all the participants. 
but certainly if there's just one topic area that that people are really interested in then they can register for one for one workshop and this workshop series is only the start derek we we want to get to the point when covid's over we can safely meet face to face and and deliver more uh fun opportunities to develop professionally and to network so we're we're excited to start planning that out for next year it, it helps everyone be more optimistic and positive so it could turn out that a lot of these workshop participants are like let's let's do this let's do that let's build this let's develop that let's form a community an online community a face-to-face -face community whatever it is and that's what we hope you know if there's people from health and wellness coaching perspective the educational sector worksite wellness public health they can build like a little task force that says we want to be major influencers we want to make a big splash in our industry how can we weave wellness into public health or public health into wellness or wellness into healthcare, or wellness into school and education and higher ed, you know, whatever it is. So that's that's an important spinoff that we think we're gonna very intentionally build into uh, the culmination of the workshop series. What's next? Let's build this as we go. Outstanding, yeah. And so as we, as we wrap up here, I want you to make, sure we got all the details covered so and Corey, you just mentioned that people can sign up we, you, the whole series is obviously the way to get this accomplished and really dive and digest these ideas and process so um hopefully people will be taking um all four of them but they can also sign up for one and this is provided through the national wellness institute so walk just walk us through all the practical parts of what people need to know to sign up yeah, sure. The, they can go to, you know, you can use the, the number one search engine, right? You can go to Google, the big monster that it is, type in the search box, National Wellness Institute. One of their key page headers is called education. You click on education and uh, we're, we're one of the featured um, opportunities for professional development. And uh, the cool thing about offering through National Wellness Institute is they can associate or attach continuing education credits for a variety of professions. They can tie those to this workshop series. So with every workshop, you can get two continuing education credits for professions like health and wellness coaching, personal training, um, certified worksite wellness practitioner, and so on and so forth. Excellent. And, and uh, I'll put the links in, obviously, in the promo for this um for this email but also this will start and this will kind of time stamp uh, when we're recording here but this starts on january 27th and then runs for consecutive weeks um one a week over the next over the next month uh yeah. they're they're one one per month throughout oh, sorry. yeah, yeah. Sorry. so we yeah. have january february we take off for march because a lot of people have are hoping right to travel for spring break at least folks up in the northwoods are <laughs> like me yeah. uh and then april and may and we conclude and then like i said we're we're hoping at may we can reassess where we're at with the pandemic and plan out the next stage yeah excellent yeah sorry that's for over the next four months not the next four weeks so yep. and that's a that gives people a lot of time to process too i think that's that's one of the things i appreciate about what you're doing is you're asking big questions and there's a couple of things 
for me that really stand out and the value of this kind of program is, well, first of all, as we talked about, and all three of us are in agreement is wellness is a, is a, is a community first and foremost. And we're best when we learn from each other because it's about the human experience and it's about building trust in relationships. And if we do those, it makes all of the behavior change stuff a lot easier. And that's the key part to helping us with people living better lives. But it also is, it, you know, nothing is created in a vacuum. And sometimes in our field, we get stuck and isolated in our in our environment and we're not outreaching or we don't have the opportunities that we want to outreach to the people that are sharing the same things that I'm I'm feeling at my work site and this gives us a chance to talk about those and digest them and then the last thing and I and this is a question that I've I've been thinking about a lot lately too is is we can move from what do we want to be and ask ourselves more of how do we want to be and if we take a step back and we process to our points, and I think all three of us have talked about our values. If we rely on our values to drive our actions, then we start to we start to really, I think, build better things for people because they're a little more they're more authentic, they're more intentional, and they usually have better. We're we're at the ideation stage. We're better at it because it it's compelling to us, and that we're trying to share that with others. And so I think. You're covering all those bases with this kind of program, so I'm I'm really excited for it, and really um, glad that we had the chance to really dive in and talk about it. I'll I'll give you guys one last chance to say say your piece with uh, where we are with wellness with the workshop, and uh, we'll wrap it up here. Well, I'm I'm going to go, Corey, and I'm going to let you close us out. Um, you know, I made kind of a little quip earlier today about the you know the gear daddies and and finding out what's most important to you right so if i was going to leave you with anything it's based off what you just said how do you want to be find those little nuggets in life that are going to make you happy right now and and whether that's your family your friends you name it utilize that Derek, smiling he understands the the depth of the gear daddies but um I, I welcome you and I thank you, Derek, for allowing us to come on and talk about the workshop series. I'm excited to get connected with, you know, wellness professionals across the nation. We've got people from Nebraska and Florida already signed up because um, to me, it's ultimately, again, it's it's that facilitating a communal feel and, and building this network of people that are ultimately going to help each other amplify themselves, whether it's personal, whether it's professional, you name it. Uh, I'm just excited to be a part of it. And you know, hopefully provide any kind of input or values that, you know, that I have personally. And I'm excited to work with part, or, uh, with Corey as my partner. You saw him check me earlier. He said, it's a worksite wellness guy. I am, right? And I, I took notes on that. And, you know, he brings that different lens. So, um, again, that's uh, the experience we're hoping to bring to the table. And um, we're just encouraging people to sign up to, you know, to help us build this community and share their experiences to drive wellness to that next level. Yeah. And I'll some, just, sorry, yeah, go ahead, Derek. Yeah, go ahead and finish up, and then I got I got one last comment. Yeah, I just I'll add. You know, we're we're the facilitators. You know, we we're not going to pretend to know everything about every topic on wellness. And um, I mean, let's be humble. I mean, we probably only know a yep. fraction. You know, but when we combine that fraction collectively in a room, it fills the bucket. And that's what we're hoping to convey and facilitate in this workshop is let's bring all those fractions together, 
you know, and, and the, with the combined experience and the combined expertise, we can do some innovative things. And that's why we wanted innovative in our title. You know, there's been a lot of great things accomplished in the field of wellness in the last 30, 40 years. But the world is so dynamic and life is so dynamic. It's, it's time to, to reassess. We need to continuously reassess. So we'll bring us expertise. We'll have all the shared experience and hope that together we can all move forward. And again, we're at that critical juncture, that critical time. We couldn't not facilitate workshops. We, can, we feel compelled that the time is now. And we hope that others do too. I know everyone's tired and burned out and, and frustrated with so many different things, but hopefully this can bring some optimism, some positive light. Hopefully this can get us all re-energized. If, if you're positive and you get energized by wellness and you want to have some fun doing it, then you'll be in the right spot if you join the workshops. All right. So bring your fraction of expertise in to fill our bucket. You know, that's, that's where we're at. I, I look forward to learning from everybody. I mean, that's why I love these podcasts because I learned so much from Derek. Derek, share some more, share some more wisdom with us right now. I know you got something. I'm just going to end it on this. I, I appreciate all what you're doing. And like I said, I'll put the links for registering and, and hopefully people will pay attention. And even, in, even if they miss this series, they can catch on in the future when you're doing some more. Cause I think this is obviously a movement that's going to keep growing. But I think when it comes down to it, sometimes we overthink our, our our strategies and our ideas and wellness. And sometimes it's just as simple as it's a slow gin fizz and some fries from the kitchen. <laughs> thank you guys. So thank you guys for joining me on the highway to well. And I look forward to, to chatting with you guys a little, little down the road, share some Dear Daddy quotes and see how things are going after your, after your amazing thank you. work. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for Thanks. having us. And I look forward to maybe some some lighter podcasts in the future here too. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll roll on some. We, okay. We're, All right. Like working on some new ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, me personally. Uh, last time I got to talk about fishing for probably about forty five minutes straight, and ten minutes about wellness. That's what we do on the highway <laughs> to hell. Thank yeah. you, Jared. Appreciate it. Yep. Yep.